Welcome to Sierra Week Conversations, a new video and podcast series bringing you insights with impact into energy, economics, and a changing world in the COVID-19 era. I'm your host, Dan Jurgen. This episode is moderated by my colleague, Carles Pasquale, Senior Vice President of Global Energy at IHS Market. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, my name is Carlos Pasquale, and welcome to the Sierra Week conversation brought to you by IHS Market. These are conversations with leaders in energy, investment, finance, and public policy. And today we have an opportunity to have a conversation with two individuals who really have been at the center of the global agenda of energy and investing. The first comes from Mubadal Investment Company, the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Abu Dhabi, and the CEO of the Petrochemicals and uh, Petroleum Division, Musaba Al-Kabi. Musaba, a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Carlos, and uh, I'm really honored to be a part of this conversation with you and Marcel. It's always a joy to be with partners and friends. And the second partner and friend is Marcel Van Poek, uh, an individual who has been a leader in the investment world for some time in the energy sector and who is the managing director of Carlisle Energy Investment Partners. Marcel, great to have you. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Carlos. And looking forward to have the conversation with you and with Musaba. And indeed, what we want to do today is, as people often say, to follow the money, to understand what's happening in investment strategy for sovereign wealth funds, for private equity, how technology and capital are affecting the um, the directions of those private equity funds and sovereign wealth funds, how investment criteria such as ESG are affecting investment decisions. And Musaba, if I, if I could, I, I'd like to begin with you. And often we talk about the pandemic accelerating history. It's often discussed in the world of geopolitics and economics, for example, that it's not necessarily changing the past, but accelerating the way it's moving forward. Is that happening in the energy sector? And is it affecting the investment strategy that you have at Mubadala? Yeah, well, let's start with the pandemic. This global pandemic has been, I would say, I will summarize it as a wake-up call uh, to many people around the world, including the investment community. Uh, what we've seen in the last few months has been uh, truly disruptive. Uh, any institution, for example, when we plan for this year, last year we debated many scenarios. We debated uh, our business plans, we have set the base case, we've set also downside and potential upside in our uh, uh, projection for 2020. No one globally, I bet you, uh, envisaged a global pandemic like COVID-19. So another question to all of us is, what is the impact long-term and short-term on our business, on our social lives, and on many aspects of our life? So we're currently debating many scenarios uh, and trying to see what the world will look like in, in the future. There is no clear answer, Carlos. I think uh, the jury is still out. There are many potential implications on the investment decisions, on where do we see the sector, which sectors would uh, benefit from uh, this disruptive, uh, you know, uh, Black Swan, I would say, uh, globally, and uh, uh, which sectors will probably uh, get impacted negatively in the short or long term. 
When it comes to the energy transition, we remain of a strong belief that the future would require all types of energy sources. The world in 20 years from now would require uh, oil and gas, would require renewable energy, clean energy. Uh, maybe we can debate at what percentage, but we still believe that the world will require all, all sources of energy. And uh, our job in the investment in energy is to uh, adjust and embrace these changes happening in the future. Uh, we are updating our view, Carlos, and um, you know we'll uh, we'll we'll see how uh, how the future will be reshaped by this uh, pandemic. But there is no doubt it's been a major event globally, and it will have a major consequences in the short and long term. Let me pick up on this point about uncertainty, embracing change. And Marcel, one of the things we already have seen in the oil and gas sector is that there has been a flight of capital. Does the pandemic accentuate that more for private equity? What kinds of changes are you seeing in the role of international private equity? What we see, uh, Carlos, is that uh, clearly the outlook for oil and gas prices is uh, less certain, like like uh, Musaba already talked about. It's clear it will play a role. The question is uh, how much and 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 when are we back on the levels uh, of 2019? As a result of that, we've seen, um, uh, of course, the different impairments of big oil companies, which leads to different leverage ratios. So more leverage. Uh, meaning more relatively more debt. And so we'll see more asset sales as a result of that to bring the balance back again. And and that means that there is more demand for capital in a time when there is less available. So I think that private equity has an important role to, to play there. And, uh, and so you will see as a result more private equity, um, uh, uh, the role of private equity more important in international oil and gas in the coming years. Uh, fascinating that private equity will become a more critical piece of um, of allowing this rebalancing of in, within the energy sector. Now, some have claimed that these impairments are indicative that inevitably there are stranded assets that are going to be left in the in the hydrocarbon sector. Is that the case, or is it is it a period of adjustment that you see over a period of years that will result in renewed investment in hydrocarbons in the future? So I think it's a combination. I think it's first of all it's an adjustment to the to the pandemic. I think that's what's happening right now, of course. Um, and then secondly, there will be some assets which are stranded. But then I think you should think much more about coal. You have to think more about oil sands, which which we think is 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 less investable. But otherwise, I think it's just an adjustment to the situation we're in right now as a result of the pandemic, because the world will need oil and gas longer term. And for Mubadala, um, Musabe, are, are you still seeing a significant role um, for hydrocarbons within your investment portfolio? How do you see that changing as you, as you look ahead to the future? Yeah, as Mubadala, we're uh, a responsible investor, uh, forward-looking and uh, long-term. When, when it comes to the uh, energy space, we are a heavy investor in oil and gas. We're also a, a big uh, investor and have a strong mandate uh, to expand in, in the renewable energy. 
So we started uh, the renewable energy business back in 2006 here in the region, where at that time no one was envisaging the, 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 the significant role of renewable energy in the energy mix. So as we want to, we keep our view uh, clear. You know, again, we see the future with uh, all sources of energy will be required, but we see also an energy transition. Uh, we need to be uh, you know, uh, careful on how we see the future. Uh, I think it would be a big mistake if people, uh, you know, have a state of denial and think that the oil and gas will continue to be the dominant uh, the uh, energy source for the next 100 years. We understand that there is an energy transition and we position ourselves as a, um, a responsible investor and we are active and an investor in all sources of energy. As uh, Marcel mentioned, there are uh, certain types of energy, for example, with a heavy carbon footprint, like coal, like heavy oil, like, um, you know, oil sands. These would have some challenges driven by the cost and the ESG consideration around them. Uh, but, uh, you know, our, our, uh, our belief and our outlook indicate that uh, oil and gas will remain relevant in the energy mix. Uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, equally, we are strong believer in the renewable energy and we will continue our uh, commitment into that space as well. Let's drill down from the theory to the practical collaboration that you both had within the Spanish energy company, CEPSA. You're both partners in CEPSA. Marcel, um, how have your priorities changed at CEPSA since you've become partners and since we've gone into the era of the pandemic? Has, has there been a significant change in the way that you're approaching the company? So maybe first, uh, Carlos, um, when we invest, we are not a pure financial investor. We're also hands-on. So we like to get involved in, 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 the, in the company. Not, we're not sitting on the chair of the, of the management, but we like to be very involved. And we have outspoken ideas what to do. I think what, what, what was very interesting in the case of SEPSA is that when we, Musaba and I had those discussions, um, uh, we agreed it was an idea of Musaba, which was very good, to have a workshop before we started. And basically before he agreed to have us as a partner, about how we together see the company going forward. And, uh, and, and that lasted several days. That was very useful to get to know each other better, see how we look at the company. And that's basically where we draw up the plan, what to do together with the company. So we, we, and one of the, the key things was also to bring in new management to help us re realize that. The pandemic, of course, changed that in terms of priority, because the immediate priority uh, was and is to keep the people safe, and not only in our company, but also all the, the, the stakeholders, neighbors, etc. cetera, so very important. That was the immediate reality. And then also adjust the plans to basically um, a, a contraction in the demand. And so that has been uh, a short-term priority and a very important priority, which has, is working out well, luckily. And what it is also doing, I think, is accelerating the plans we already had. So no dramatic change, but an acceleration of the plans. Yeah. Musaba, can you pick up on that and talk a little bit about what you're learning from the collaboration? 
Well, uh, we're very happy to have uh, a highly reputable uh, uh, private equity fund like Carlyle as partner with us in, in SEPSA. I think, I believe that the, this partnership is anchored around one principle, which is shared vision. We both have similar view of the world ahead of us. We have a similar view on the strength of the business, and we have a similar view on the value creation. So uh, the shared vision has been you know, consistent in what we do. We complement each, each other as well. So uh, I'm totally impressed so far with the uh, value add that Carlyle brings to the table. Uh, they have an extensive experience, especially in the downstream, where they have other businesses. We do have also extensive um, say exposure to the upstream and to the chemical space. And the combination of two provide a company with the right uh, vision, with the right support. As uh, Marcel mentioned, the COVID-19 has been, I would say, disruptive. Uh, but also in the meantime, if you, if you look at the silver mining around it, it has accelerated some of the initiatives we identified earlier. Uh, so, uh, you know, the acceleration of embracing a new strategy, the acceleration of uh, uh, putting a new management in place, the, uh, the, the importance of becoming resilient in different scenarios going forward. Uh, so that worked out very, very effectively. And I am truly impressed with the, with the achievement we have, uh, we've done so far and uh, looking forward to, uh, to work more with, uh, with, uh, with Marcel and his team. On top of that, I think this partnership also uh, you know, uh, consolidated the relationship between two big entities, Mubadala and Carlyle. We had a long relationship with Carlyle back in, uh, in more than 10 years back. We're a shareholder of the, of the private uh, uh, equity firm, but also we have identified other opportunities after our latest uh, deal in, in SEPSA. I'm looking forward to work with them uh, going forward. On top of the shared vision, we have also established a very strong trust. And sometimes when you, when you build partnerships, it, uh, it anchors around the vision and the trust. I, the point of trust is certainly a critical foundational element, especially when there's so much change that's happening within the sector right now. And perhaps maybe we can extend that into the discussion of diversification. And um, Saba, if I can ask you to continue on this this idea of of how you build an effective portfolio. And as you're looking at your portfolio, how are you prioritizing? what you add, what you delete, how do you reach the right balance when you think about this in a more general sense for Mubadala? Well, uh, I sit on the investment committee of Mubadala, so I oversee uh, the full spectrum of investments. We're active in more than 15 uh, different sectors. And, uh, you know, the, the, I would say the benefit of having a well-diversified portfolio is, uh, is a natural hitch. So let let me give you a few examples during this pandemic. We have, uh, I would say, a sizable uh, exposure into life sciences, um, pharmaceutical businesses, and uh, technology as well. These uh, sectors that uh, thrived during the COVID-19. And we've seen the impact of, uh, of these on our uh, portfolio. We've seen also the part of the portfolio that are uh, heavily impacted by the COVID-19. And, uh, you know, we're embracing, adjusting our views 
and uh, you know our our vision of the future keep evolving. What is the case for hydrocarbons in this reshaping future? Um, is it uh, something which is time bound, or do you see it as a, a competitive issue that will continue to play itself out for a long time? I think it's about the latter, um, and it's. I think it's very, very interesting to be in this space right now. It's clearly to us, it's very, uh, very much undervalued because investors in, in most of the companies don't really see where it's heading. Um, and and but but you will see, I think, a real bifurcation in the whole um, hydrocarbon space. There will be winners, there will be losers. And the way to uh, um, what how we think about it, hydrocarbons will be necessary and, and very useful for the future. And think about chemicals. Um, there are many many applications for for, hydro, for for hydrocarbons. But what we did not do as an investment world, all of us uh, before, was to make a distinction between. Um, what sort of hydrocarbons? Where do they come from? What is their carbon footprint? And, and what does that mean? So I think what you are seeing now is a rearrangement and a, and a priority on those harbor hydrocarbons, which have a, a relatively low carbon footprint and can play a very important role in the energy transition and can also play a role later as technology improves and we are able to sequester carbon uh, and also introduce uh, hydrogen in the mix. Because at the end of the day, wind and solar are very important, but those sources alone will not be able to replace hydrocarbons. So I think it's a real mix of that. So I think there is a very exciting story to tell you. And when you say low carbon footprint, do you mean gas? Um, do you mean um, oil with a lower carbon footprint? Um, all of the above? Yeah, so no, it's, I think it's all of the above. Uh, think about the, the one extreme would be um, heavy oil, uh, oil sand talked about, uh, which we think is difficult. And another extreme would be, for instance, um, very um, natural uh, uh, pressure reservoirs like uh, Abu Dhabi has, where which are very natural to tap, and once they flow, they flow for a very long time, low uh, break-even cost, very low impact on the environment. So that's on the oil side, and then on the gas side, you see you see similar, uh, you see that similar in terms of assets. Some assets are are. are are much better placed than others. So I think you're going to see a re-ranking within gas, within oil of certain assets, which have to have a much lower impact. Also think about, is the resource close to the to where the demand is? That's very important. And, and that, that has a big impact. Think about platforms where we produce oil and gas, which are electrified. Etc. Etc. So I, I think you're going to see a big shift uh, and bifurcation in in the value of certain assets. It's not just the reserves anymore. It's not just the production anymore. But it's also what is the carbon footprint. 
Musaba Marcel started laying out some criteria factors to make in investment choices. Uh, can you elaborate for Mubadala? What are the criteria that are relevant to a major sovereign wealth fund, the major sovereign wealth fund in Abu Dhabi? Well, I think when it comes to the, uh, if we look forward, we acknowledge there is an energy transition. So in the energy transition world, who are the winners and who are the losers? And if you try to, you know, uh, put criteria, I think the lowest cost producers would be a winner in the long term. <clears throat> the uh, the producers with the, the lowest carbon footprint is definitely going to be a, uh, a winner in the long term. Uh, and let me share a few requirements. I think the world around us are changing. We strongly believe in that. We've seen it in, in certain industries we're running. One of them is a petrochemical. In the petrochemical space, we are receiving from, you know, growing requests from customers to have green products, products that have the minimum carbon footprint. We've seen it in the uh, petrochemicals, we've seen it in the aluminum, we will see it in other, in other uh, sectors as well. So I think in the long term, lowest, car lowest cost is a winner and lowest carbon footprint is definitely going to be welcomed in the future. Um, natural gas, of course, uh, we've been talking about natural gas for a very long time. Uh, it has the lowest carbon footprint when you compare the fossil fuel sources. And uh, as Mubadala, we have, uh, in, you know, our latest investments reflect that belief. So if you look at our, our upstream arm, uh, Mubadala Petroleum in Southeast Asia, the two big uh, projects they're running in Southeast Asia are uh, natural gas. And uh, the big project we also uh, partner with the IOCs in Egypt uh, is a natural gas as well. So we have uh, an optimistic view on the, uh, on the natural gas, on the low cost uh, oil, and on the lowest uh, carbon uh, resources uh, going forward. So coupling, you couple that with the, again, the commitment of Mubadala on the renewable energy, you have a good mix of, uh, of portfolio going forward. But I would like to add one last point on this uh, matter is, I've been around for enough time, uh, been around more than 22 years in this industry. One thing that I strongly believe that the technology will definitely help us in uh, moving from a carbon intensive economy and operation into a low, co a low carbon uh, uh, you know, economy and operation. Uh, so carbon capture technology is an emerging and hopefully will be uh, commercially deployed at a uh, uh, larger scale. Uh, so I'm confident that uh, the technology will definitely uh, help the oil and gas, a traditional industry like oil and gas, in eradicating and minimizing the CO2 emission and uh, reducing the impact on climate change. Uh, Marcel, let's uh, again pick up on those themes as well, um, both criteria for investments, ex expectations of your investors, and how important is technology and the views that you get from your investors on how they want you to think about your investment strategies? Energy partners are, um, are clearly focused on, on, on this opportunity where they think hydrocarbons, which we agree are, are undervalued right now and will play um, a role a long time. 
Uh, and, and most of them also think that uh, there, there is a real role to play in this energy transition and natural gas will, will also play a very important role there with, with that. Um, as an investor, as an investor in a private equity fund, of course, the, the key is, is and, and heading the investments is to make sure you make robust investments and your uh, your investors, which are mostly pension funds and sovereign wealth, several sovereign wealth funds, make a good return and absolutely don't lose their money, but make a good return. So you want to build a robust portfolio going forward. That's what they expect from us. That's what we're doing. Um, and also that we have the know-how when we buy these assets, how to reposition them to make sure with the right technology, um, um, applied and, and management skills to make sure that these companies are and, and stay future-proof. So that's how we're thinking about it. And the energy transition is absolutely key in that because I think this 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 repositioning will also mean that when the company, uh, when you reposition the company, there will be an important value uplift as a, as a result of that. So, Mitsaba, you're investing resources for your nation. When you look ahead, will energy be able to compete with IT and with pharma and other higher tech sectors to be able to win the confidence of the returns that you can actually provide back to your citizens? When, when, uh, when you look at the, uh, the other sectors in Mubadala, definitely we're we're a big investor in technology and life sciences and you know, other uh, sectors. And uh, uh, most of these investments uh, attract, I would say, the right capital deployment and uh, they're achieving the right uh, returns. In the energy space, I think you need to be smart. You need to be smart in identifying which opportunities because uh, you know, as we discussed earlier, uh, to go into a high cost uh, resources might not is not a good idea, especially in view of the energy transition going forward. So a smart investor in the energy space needs to carefully time your entry, make you know identify the initiatives that need to be taken in order to create more value and uh, uh, have a strategy on the exit plan in the future, not necessarily in the short term, but in the in the long term. And also study these investments, uh, are they, the ability of these uh, uh, industries to embrace new changes and evolve and pivot into uh, a new uh, energy transition. So we look at many parameters, Carlos, when it comes to the energy investment. Uh, energy investments will uh, continue to be attractive to the smart investors. A couple of quick comments from both of you on geography. Marcel, Africa, you've been involved there. Is there still an attractive future? Yeah, I think there's Africa is, is, is very attractive. Uh, of course, you can't generalize, but that's the same for Europe or South America or Asia. So it depends, of course, where you are and who your partners are. But it's very clear Africa will play a very important uh, role in, in the future of, of energy. And that is oil and gas, but also other sources of energy. So very important continent. Home in Abu Dhabi, Musaba. Well, in Abu Dhabi, there's no, no doubt that the UAE is taking is a leader in the economic diversification in the region. We are continuing the journey towards the future. Uh, we are very optimistic about all the opportunities 
available in the region, the strategic uh, location of the region as well, uh, accessibility of big markets uh, in, in nearby, you know, uh, and also the UAE uh, is being blessed with a visionary um, agility and uh, a swift, I would say, and appropriate decision-making uh, leadership. So uh, last week, uh, they announced the uh, restructuring of the ministerial cabinet and uh, they have, uh, you know, come up with a new cabinet that is uh, focusing forward and uh, putting the economic diversification uh, at the core, I would say, vision for the country going forward. Overall, Mubadala played a great role in, uh, in helping diversifying many sectors in the country. Uh, but the future looks um, even more promising. Uh, we've seen we're seeing uh, the likes of Hub 71. You've seen it maybe Carlos here. They an ecosystem that attracts startups and uh, putting more focus on uh, technology. Uh, uh, we are also promoting Abu Dhabi as the financial hub through Abu Dhabi global market. Uh, so uh, we're very very confident that we will be able to achieve that vision and set a role model for in, in in the future. I don't think I could beat uh, Masaba's pitch to you, Marcel, about why you should be going to Abu Dhabi. So, <laughs> um, I don't know if you want to add anything to it uh, uh, after his eloquent statement. No, no, no. I, I agree with this. I mean, the, the Abu Dhabi is, of course, very, very special because of the large, very large resources. And uh, not, not like Masaba said, not only in oil and gas, but also... Um, um, for for uh, solar and and then of course all the the, the, the know-how which which is there, I think the um, that is one of the, the the very interesting things I think about this industry which which we shouldn't underestimate. There's so full capabilities in this industry. So if you all these engineering uh, capabilities and, and 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 all the other capabilities, it's a complex industry. If you apply that to different resources in the right places and with the right partners in the world, this is a very exciting business to invest in for a long time. And of course, it changes. All businesses change and this business changes also. But especially now in this time where a lot of capital is needed and there is not so much capital available, it's a very exciting time to be, be investing in this space. Let me close with one final question. And people often talk about value and values, value to the shareholder upholding values of transition and sustainability. Marcel, is that uh, a Pollyannish objective or is that realistic? Two can, can go very well hand in hand. So these they don't need to be different topics or, or contradictory. I think if you uh, if you have the right values and you stick to the right values, you will build a much more attractive company um, for the future. And I think that's really what you want to do. Um, and it's it's where investors want to invest their money in. If you buy a company, and of course, private equity later also sells companies. You have to build, and you want to build uh, sustainable companies. And you also make the companies more attractive for the people who work for you, for the, the other stakeholders, uh, the financial partners, banks, etc. You work. With. So I, I, I think these things can go very well hand, uh, hand in hand, to, and, and will actually lead to much better results. 
Masaba Marcel, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And what strikes me is that as you look at, a, at uncertainty in the future, both of you are talking about embracing it and accelerating change. That's something that you can't resist. You talk about the, the relationship between lowest cost and lowest carbon footprint and how that is a fundamental criterion for the future and an expectation of investors. You talk about value for your shareholders, value for your country, but the values that you have in sustainability, which is critical to success in the future. Impressive principles on which to run your business on which to think about investment for the future. Thank you for joining the Zero Week conversation. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you both. Thanks again for tuning in to another Zero Week conversation presented by IHS Market. For the complete video series and previous episodes, visit us online at zeroweek.com. <laughs>